personally, over time, I've learned to add investing to my tool belt as a way to combat inflation and to build long-term sustainable wealth, which is especially applicable in this current economic landscape. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families, and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson and on behalf of Julie Lamb and the Good Egg Investments team, thrilled to welcome you to another episode of The Life & Money Show. And today we've got such a special treat because I'm diving into one of my all-time favorite topics, talking about what to do with your money. If you have 100K that you've saved up right now and you're not sure what to do with that money, whether to keep it in a savings account or to invest it, well, this episode is for you. Because in this conversation, we're going to talk about what does that actually look like? to save your money over a period of time versus to invest it into a real estate syndication. We're going to walk through exactly what those numbers would look like over a period of 20 years. Now, before we dive in, you know, I just wanted to share when I was little, I distinctly remember my mom telling me at one point, I can't remember how old I was, but she told me this one day and it just stuck with me all these years. She said, did you know that there are some people in the world who are so rich that they don't actually have to work? They can actually live purely off the interest from their savings account. And so they don't have to work. And as a kid, I thought that was fascinating. I was like, I've never heard of that before. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs or investors. So that was the first I had heard of somebody talking about something related to passive or residual income. And I was blown away and my little mind just exploded. (laughs) But I was like, I don't know, maybe someday if I could do that, if I could save at that point, my little kid brain was like a million dollars. If I saved a million dollars at one point, maybe I wouldn't have to work. Right. Well, it gets a little more complicated than that. My mom was partly right that if you create passive income, you can take the pressure off of your salary or your W-2 income, and you may not have to work, but you get to work. But I just wanted to put this into perspective, this concept of saving your way to financial freedom, because in fact, the average American household brings in about $80,000 a year. That's on average. But even with that, they save only about $6,000 per year. So today's savings account rates, which currently they're higher than they have been, although at a lot of the big banks, it's still fairly low. And we'll talk about that in just a moment here, but some are upwards of 4%, which is not bad. But even with that, you would need roughly $2 million in savings to generate that $80,000 per year. Now, at a savings rate of 6000 per year, that it's going to take quite a while. And in fact, if you did the math, it would take a whopping 333 years at $6,000 a year to save up to that $2 million mark. Now, of course, there's a little bit of compounding in there. And so maybe depending on the interest rates, you could get there a little sooner. Let's cut it down to like 250 years. 
Okay. But that's still a long time. Obviously, none of us are going to be able to live that long. And so that kind of takes that off the table as a viable path to get to financial freedom. So with that, what do we do? If you can't save your way there, what do we do? So we're going to do one of my favorite things to do, which is to dive into the actual math. Now, I'm not a big math person. I'm not a math nerd. But what I love about diving into the numbers and looking at actual scenarios is you can really compare what that would look like. It's no longer high level theoretical. It's cold, hard cash. And you're looking at the actual numbers. And once you have those numbers in mind, that can potentially change your mindset around the risks and the opportunities. And it might, just might, inspire you to take action, even if you're scared. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in, in because in this conversation, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of saving your money, which seems like the safe option. It was what I was always taught to do growing up. We're going to talk about whether you should save or invest in this current environment and how to snowball your 100000 in cash. Let's say you have 100000 in cash or 200 or whatever it is. We're going to talk about how to snowball that money into real wealth. All right. So first, let's talk about savings for a little bit because I feel like that's the default, right? If you don't know how investing works or you're unsure what's going on in the economy, the default is to stock your money into a savings account and just leave it there and kind of weather out the storm and then figure out what to happen. One day I'll figure out what to do. One day I will invest my money. But in the meantime, it's usually sitting in a savings account, right? So Let's talk about what happens there because obviously most of you probably know this, but I didn't know this when I was a kid, right? When you open a savings account at a bank and you deposit your money, it doesn't actually sit in a giant stack of bills inside a vault with huge locks and interlocking gears like the movies would have you believe. That's what I thought as a kid. I thought all my money would just sit in a vault back there, but it doesn't. As you may know, it doesn't actually do that because the bank actually then uses the money that you are essentially lending them. So interest, right? Where does that interest come from? Let's talk about what interest is. Interest is essentially the cost of borrowing money, right? When you think about taking out a mortgage to buy a home, for example, you're paying interest on that loan. You're paying the bank to borrow that money to buy your house. Now, similarly, when you earn interest on your savings account, that's because you are effectively lending money to the bank. Rather than them lending you money, you are lending your money to the bank. And so they pay you interest when you put your money into a savings account. Now, the bank, then what they do to make their money is then they take that money and they invest it, often into relatively low-risk investments like treasuries and bonds, which ideally would generate returns above and beyond the interest rate that the bank is paying you and thus the bank makes their money on that spread. So let's say they get 3% by investing your money and they offer you a 1% interest rate, let's say, then they make that 2% in between. So that's how a big part of how the bank makes their money. Now, even though 
you may not be getting those additional returns that the bank is getting. This isn't necessarily a bad deal for you because your money is both secure and it's liquid, but we'll talk more about that in just a bit here. Now, one thing that I think is relevant to bring into this conversation, especially with where we are in the economy right now, is the concept of interest. And for bank, for savings accounts in particular, it's APY or annual percentage yield. This particularly comes in handy when you're trying to compare savings account interest rates across different banks, because it takes into account not just simple interest, but also the rate of compounding. So it's really an apples to apples comparison from one bank to another or one product to another. Now, each bank sets its own APY based on a number of factors, including the current state of the economy, as well as whether the bank is currently trying to attract new deposits. So that's really interesting, right? Because I mentioned a lot of the big banks, some of the banks like Bank of America, Chase, and U.S. Bank. Currently, the APY is still very low at 0.01%, while others, typically smaller and more independent banks, offer upwards of 1% or even 3 or 4% in today's market, which is a huge spread there. But taking a look at the recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which you, if you haven't heard the episode on that, go back to listen to that because it's a fascinating scenario and it's unfolding as we speak. So it's very relevant, even if you don't bank or you didn't bank with Silicon Valley Bank. But anyway, it's interesting, right? Because they got a sudden influx of deposits back a couple of years ago. And as we can see through what happened, it's not always a good thing. And that may be why those bigger banks like Bank of America, Chase, and US Bank, they're still offering very low APY because they're not trying to attract new deposits at this time. So now let's take a look, just a quick, simple look at what APY could mean for you as a depositor. So if you were to deposit 100 into an account earning 0.01% APY, it would turn into an astounding $100,010 at the end of the year. So you get 10 bucks for loaning the bank your $100,000. Not super exciting, right? You go and spend that at Starbucks or McDonald's or whatever you kids are doing with your spare pocket change these days. You go and then that $10 is gone, right? It's not wealth and it's not certainly not passive income. Well, I guess it is in a way, but not ongoing and not enough to where you can start to think about quitting your job. Now, that same $100,000 in an account at, let's say, 4% APY would turn into about $104,000, depending on the rate of compounding, earning you several thousand dollars within one year. So that's not bad. As a side note here, just as with cap rates on investment properties, where, as you may know, higher cap rates tend to correlate with increased risk on the property, a higher APY rate doesn't necessarily equate to the best product. And keep in mind that interest rates can fluctuate drastically based on changes within the broader economy. So just something to think about there. All right. So right now, a 4% APY may sound pretty good to you, especially given where interest rates have been over the last several years. And if that APY inspires you to take a closer look at your budget, to cut back, to reduce unnecessary spending, and maybe save more, 
fantastic. That's exactly what the Federal Reserve has been trying to encourage you to do through the multiple interest rate hikes over the past year or so. But if the higher APYs are tempting you to pull back from investing, which for some of you, you know, that investing may seem riskier than saving, which may seem safer, that might actually cheat you out of substantial wealth creation in the long term. So that's what I want to focus on today is really laying out what that looks like. Now, I mentioned a little bit, and this may be true for some of you as well, that when I was growing up, I was taught that I should always save my money. A penny saved is a penny earned, as they say, right? And my parents would always drill that into me, my mom especially, every week, saving, saving. And for a long time, I took that as Bible, as the truth, and aimed to save as much as I could, even as I recall through college and through my 20s, I was just saving. I didn't really understand this whole concept of investing. And I kind of knew that I could grow my money, but I was more worried about losing my money than I was about growing my money. And I'm sure that's true for many of you out there that were, were built, were wired to run from pain more than we are to run toward joy or pleasure or a reward, right? So if you think about the potential of losing your money if you made a bad investment versus the immense gains you could make from making a great investment, you naturally were wired to go away from that danger. Like I said, it can cheat you out of a lot of potential wealth. So the key is to get to a point where that risk doesn't seem like so much of a risk because you really understand it and you're making wise decisions. But anyway, back to me as a young 20-something in my 20s, as I was working all these different jobs, I'd put money away. And as I watched the number in my bank account grow over time, I was like, oh, doing it right. Yes. Feels good. I felt this sense of ease and accomplishment that I was growing my nest egg. And someday I would have enough to send my kids to college, to house, to retire. And I felt like I was on the right track. And unfortunately, what I didn't realize was that inflation was the secret killer here. So nobody not my mom, not my teachers, nobody really taught me. I mean, I learned in maybe high school economics the textbook definition of inflation, but nobody really taught me what that meant for my money. So meanwhile, I was watching the money in my bank account grow, but I didn't realize that inflation was devaluing my money, even as that number was going up. And over time, the pot of money that I'd worked so hard to scrimp and save became worth a lot less. So personally, over time, I've learned to add investing to my tool belt as a way to combat inflation and to build long-term sustainable wealth, which is especially applicable, I think, in this current economic landscape. You may be in that same boat. Maybe you think saving my money right now, that's the safest option because when you put your money in a savings account, earning some amount of interest and maybe higher interest than it has been earning in recent years. It's insured by the FDIC and you can pull that money out at any time if you need it. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? 
Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. So certainly if you don't have an emergency fund, which is typically several months worth of expenses stocked away in case you lose your income, then absolutely. You need a savings account to have that emergency fund in place so that in case you need immediate cash, you can pull that out from there. But if you have an emergency fund already with everything going on in the economy, you still may want to bulk up your emergency fund or save up additional reserves to create an even stronger safety net to weather any challenges that may arise. And that's absolutely a great idea right now. It's what we're doing on all our properties, bulking up the reserves. And so you might think about doing the same for your personal finances is you've got your emergency fund. Maybe you save up some extra reserves just in case, just in case, right? But then beyond that, maybe you still have some extra Maybe you still have some extra capital sitting there above and beyond what you may need for your emergency fund and your reserves, and it's just sitting idle right now. And what's happening is any additional money that you're not putting to work for you is losing value every day. As you know, the inflation rate is still high. It continues to be well above 6%, which means that even if you were able to put your money into an account with 4% APY, guess what? your money is still losing value because inflation is 6%. That APY is 4%. Further, you know, think about this, that any idle money that's sitting there, it's not taking full advantage of tax benefits like cost segregation and depreciation with real estate investing as an example. So you're also missing out on that side of it. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into what this would look like and take a closer look at what this all could mean for your money and your wealth creation in the coming years. So let's just say hypothetically that right now, looking at your emergency fund and looking at your reserves that you need, let's say you have an excess $100,000 that 
you don't know what to do with right now. You've got a hundred thousand in a separate account and you're like, I don't know. And I don't want it to sit here idle, but I'm scared. I don't know what else to do with it. So let's take a look at what it would look like if you were to leave it there in your savings account over the next 20 years versus what would happen if you took action now, even though you might be scared, even though you might not be a hundred percent sure, but if you were to take action now, what that would look like over the next 20 years, if you were to invest in multiple real estate syndications. All right. So first let's take a look at what a savings account could do for your hundred thousand dollars. So If you were to do nothing and continue to have that 100K sitting in your savings account, it could grow substantially even in the coming years, especially if we assume that APY, that annual percentage yield of 4%. So let's just take a look at what that would look like. So year one, you would be at the end of that year, you'd have your 100,000 going in. And then by the end of the year, you'd have about 104,000. Hey, not bad. End of the second year, now you're starting the first year with 104,000, not 100,000, right? So then you earn interest on that 104,000, which now turns into a little bit more than 108,000. Year three, you're up to 112,000, then 116,000, then 121,000, give or take, by year five. Okay, so you're going from Right now, 100,000 to in five years at 4% APY, you're getting to about 121,000. Not bad, right? $21,000 in five years, that's not bad. And for your money to be liquid and available for you, maybe that's good enough. But remember that inflation factors in here. Now, we're going to extrapolate this out to not just the five year mark but the 10-year mark and all the way to the 20-year mark. But I'm going to pause there for just a second because I want to talk about the other side, the real estate side. So let's pause there. We're at year five and in the savings account, you've got 121,000, okay? So now let's go over to the real estate side. So now let's say instead of saving it, you decide right now that you're going to take that 100K and you're going to invest it in a real estate syndication. We all know every syndication is different, different hold times, different minimums, different returns, different risk profiles, all of that. But for the sake of this example, we're just going to go simple. So we're going to say you're going to invest in a syndication with a five-year hold. And let's say it does go all five years. It doesn't sell early. And it's at a 1.7x equity multiple. And if you need a quick refresher on equity multiple, it just means that for a 1.7x equity multiple, if you were to invest 100,000 today, by the end of that five years, you would have 1.7x your money. (laughs) You would end up with 170,000, which includes both the cash flow distributions plus the profit from the sale let's just assume a 1.7x equity multiple. For most of our projects, we're aiming higher than that, but just to be conservative, we're going to go with a 1.7x equity multiple. Okay. So here's the other thing before we start going year by year. Let's also take a very moderate stance on the cash flow distributions. Right now, especially there's not a whole lot of cash flow in multifamily, especially class A and class B. So if you're investing for cash flow, this may not be the right scenario for you, but I want to take a look at the long-term wealth creation here. So bear with me. So let's say that the cash flow is really pretty moderate. Let's say in years one and two, it's 2.5%. 
And then in years three and four, let's bump that up to 5% as the asset maybe stabilizes that we're able to execute on the business plan. Okay. And then of course, by year five, then that's when the sale happens. And so let's take a look at what that first five years would look like. So year one, you invest that $100,000 in that real estate syndication, you're getting 2.5% back in cash flow. So you have $102,500 versus $104,000 over in the savings account. So, so far, not looking great. The savings account is winning so far. In year two, you're still comparable. And you get another $2,500, so bringing you up to $105,000. Then we're bumping up to 5% in year three. So in year three, you have $110,000. And in year four, you have $115,000 with your syndication investment versus $116,000 in your savings account. So that first four years, the savings account at 4%, assuming the 4% stays over that time period, the savings account is winning so far. But year five, this is where things get really interesting and things start to take off. So in year five, the syndication, the asset sells. And so all together with the cash flow you've received already, plus the profits from the sale, now you have $170,000 versus remember in year five with the savings account, we had $121,000, 170. 121. So now we're starting to see a slightly bigger difference. That's a difference of about $50,000. And so now this continues to diverge over time because as you snowball that capital, it continues to grow, not just linearly, but starts to be exponentially. So let's take a look. Now we've five years, the real estate starts to win out at 170K versus 121K. At the 10 year mark, your savings account will grow to 148,000. Not bad, 148,000 at the five year mark or the 10 year mark. But guess what? Over in the syndications, because you reinvested that 170,000, not the 100,000, but the 170,000, you reinvested that. Well, over the next five years, then that. 1.7 X. <laughs> and so by year 10, with your syndication investment, you would have 289,000. 289,000 versus 148,000. Okay. It's getting to be quite imbalanced, right? But let's go out even further to the 20 year mark. So by that point, you would have invested in two additional syndications at the 10-year mark, then the 15-year mark. And at the 20-year mark, that's when that fourth syndication, you would have invested in four syndications by that time, that fourth syndication would exit. So here's the final. In the savings account, you would have a grand total of $219,112. Hey, you doubled your money over 20 years time. That's not bad. And for my parents, that's what they did their whole lives. They saved, 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 and they watched that money grow over time. And to go from $100,000 today to $220,000 in 20 years, I mean, it's not bad. Your money is growing, but here's the thing. Remember we talked about that ninja that's in there? Inflation. So if you were to factor in inflation, and let's not even take the 6%, 7 8% that we've been at, let's just bring it down to the average of 3%. So let's say you had 3% inflation every year over the next 20 years. 
So then suddenly that 219,000, it's not worth 219,000 in today's money. In 20 years, that 219,000 will actually be worth only 121,317 dollars in today's money. 121,317 dollars over 20 years. So essentially you're only really making about $20,000 in value over 20 years, even though that number is substantially higher, but the value is not substantially different. Now let's talk about the real estate side. So after the exit of that fourth syndication. Now, each time it exits, you're reinvesting all of the capital that you have. And so that's why there's that power of snowballing or compounding over time. So by year 20, you have a substantial amount more. So remember at year 10, you had 289,000. Well, reinvesting that into the next syndication. Then by year 15, you would have 491,000. When you reinvest 491,000, then by year 20, you end up with $835,210 versus $220,835 versus $220,000. So that starts to be a staggering difference. And this is where generational wealth is truly created. Now, it wouldn't be fair not to apply inflation to this $835,000, right? Because we applied it over here and we said that, I mean, that brought the value down by almost half. So over here, if you were to take the $835,000, apply the same 3% annual inflation rate, then that money would be about, it would be worth around $462,000 in today's money. Meaning that you would have more than quadrupled, not just the money, but the value in those two decades, even when accounting for inflation. And of course, this also doesn't take into account the vast tax benefits of investing in real estate, which reduce your wealth building journey even further. Now, of course, with each passing year that you wait, that continues to bring down the overall returns because you're stalling. You're getting that 4% or whatever the APY might be for a period of time. You're growing the number, but you're not capturing the potential for growth. And that's really the opportunity cost of delaying. So the bottom line from all of these scenarios is that whether you choose to invest right now or down the road, investing in real estate is crucial to your overall wealth creation. The longer that your money sits in a savings account, the more value it's losing. And over time, the opportunity cost could be staggering and it could have severe consequences for your overall wealth potential, not just for you and your family now, but for future generations as you potentially create that generational wealth. So whatever you do, the point here and the takeaway hopefully is to do something. If you're not yet ready to invest right now, we'll take action and educate yourself so that when you are ready, you can find the right real estate investments or maybe along the way as you're talking to people, as you're doing your due diligence and your research, you're uncovering those opportunities that you didn't even know existed before. And then you're able to jump into those with more confidence and to grow your wealth that way. And so if that means for you, 
connecting with us. We'd love to be a resource for you, whether or not you ultimately decide to invest with us. That's not why we're in this. I mean, we would love for all of you to invest alongside us, but we know that's not always possible. And so we want to be a resource. As you may know, Julie and I got into this as busy working moms trying to create passive income for ourselves and our families. And that's still at the heart of everything we do at Good Egg these days is just trying to help to educate with the information that we've gathered over the years and to really share those insights that will help you to move the needle with your own wealth creation. And so if there's something we can do to help, we invite you to reach out to us. If you're ready to invest, the best way to learn more is to go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest. You'll learn more about how to qualify invest to invest with us, and we'll share our open investment opportunities with you. Speaking of which, if you are ready, maybe you have 100K in cash sitting there and you're ready to put it to work for you, we do have a fantastic investment opportunity. It's a diversified fund, a multifamily equity fund called Good Egg Wealth Fund 2. And that's open and accepting new investments as we speak. So to learn more about that, you can go to goodegginvestments.com slash fund and the number two. Lastly, I wanted to share that if you want to connect with our team or learn more about our track record. We've got tons of resources for you. We have our weekly Good Egg Popover series where you can pop in at any point and get to know our team, ask your questions and meet others within the Good Egg community. And we also have our case studies and track record where we'll dig into the exact projections and the actual returns that we've paid out on all of the deals that we've exited to date. So to learn more about either of those opportunities, go to goodegginvestments.com and just go down to the bottom. You'll see more information about both of those things. And of course, if you're new to real estate syndication and you're just hearing all of this for the first time, we also have a great resource for you. It's Start Here Guide because we know there's a lot of information out there. So we want to do our best to help you navigate through and find the information that you need to, as I said, take some action. So to get our start here guide, just go to goodegginvestments.com slash start. All right. Well, this has been another fantastic episode of the Life and Money Show. I hope you got some great insights. Share this with a friend, would you, if you got some good information, good nuggets out of this. Help us to spread the wealth, so to speak, spread the knowledge, spread the insights, especially at a time like this. We all need to band together and help each other. So thank you for being part of the Life of Money Show community, the Good Egg community. We love hearing from you. So feel free to reach out at any point at podcast at goodegginvestments.com. Otherwise, we'll have the show notes and links for you down below. All right. Thank you all so much. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Life and Money Show. You've been listening to the Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 